welcome to Scaling with Disha, the show that helps online entrepreneurs to scale their business to six figures and beyond without the hustle or the overheads. I'm your host, Disha Waddup, and I'll be here each week to remind you that you can do anything you set your mind to. Hello and welcome to Scaling with Disha. We are here with another episode with Shannon and I am so excited to share all of this good stuff with you. So let's dive straight in. Shannon is a professional certified coach, business and visibility coach, certified mentor coach and former coach trainer. She's a stay-at-home cat mom living out eat, pray, love dreams in Italy whilst building a six-figure coaching business that teaches women how to ditch the corporate culture bro marketing mindset so they can find their flow by putting pleasure and play first. I absolutely love this and I'm so excited to talk to you because that whole bro marketing culture just annoys me. Mm -hmm. So welcome to the show. Thank Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I really appreciate you having me on. Yay. Thank you. So tell us, how is Italy? How did you get to be in Italy? How did you start your life as a coach? What happened? Yeah. Okay. I will try to condense this. Um, So I was living in Seattle in 2013 and had the opportunity to move to the Cayman Islands. And so, yeah. (laughs) And so I was living there for four years and six months after I got to the island, I got sober and I stopped drinking. Um, And the island, it's like a very much like if you've ever been on a vacation in a tropical location and the party vibes, right? Well, then imagine that that's like your whole life. And yeah. when you have problems with uh, <laughs> moderating, <laughs> um, that becomes a major issue. So uh, I stopped drinking and I realized that I needed to get out of the restaurant industry because that it's just rampant. And I mean, we were drinking on shift and like, that's not uncommon. And I know it sounds weird yeah. <laughs> when I say, oh, we were drinking while we were working, but in the restaurant industry, that's not weird no. at all, um, unfortunately. And so part of me finding coaching was I have a degree in psychology with a minor in feminist studies. And so I had worked with women through college. And once I had graduated and part of me getting out of the industry and, uh, moving forward with my life and just like revamping my whole life was to get into coaching because I wanted something that let me like held me accountable. Cause it's, I mean, it's not, it's not in integrity, right? Like if I was still going on binges <laughs> and then trying to teach people how to live really great yeah. lives. Um, yeah. And so it really came out of that, just wanting to help women. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know that I was going to be a business coach, but I just wanted to help women live fully expressed, um, live bigger and bolder lives. And so I just kind of ran with that until I figured out that I wanted to do business and marketing. I I I love it. (laughs) So it's funny you said the Cayman Islands because that has been one of my dream locations. I have traveled a lot of the world, but the the Cayman Islands, I don't know why, in a geography class when I was at school, 
there was a poster of the Cayman Islands and it's been on my board to go to forever. So like it is, and I have like I want to swim with the dolphins and the stingrays, and I've I've got it all. I've got it all planned out. It's so dreamy. It's so (laughs) it was. I had never been there before. I had moved there, and I got there and was just like, like this water. Now I'm now I'm a spoiled brat about. Oh, I can't go in there. That water's too dirty. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's not Caribbean water. So how did you move from uh, coaching women specifically just on finding their stuff and moving into business coaching? Yeah. So I, this is one thing too, you know, I see a lot of people really tripping themselves up with, oh, I have to know my niche before I get started. I have to know this before I get started. And so I realized really quickly, like I just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Um, And I was on a timeline too. Like I need to get out of the restaurant as soon as I could. And I didn't have time to stall. I had also shattered my wrist while I was working. And um, I like have a plate and pins in my wrist and it's, it was my tray wrist. Oh no! So like, not only did I want to get out of the industry, but I couldn't work like I used to anymore. So I needed, like, I wasn't, I didn't have the luxury of playing around and trying to figure out what my niche was. And so it was just, I think I was, I was a general life coach. And then I started in my first coach training program. And then I just started coaching right away, taking pro bono clients. And then I realized through like coaching general over general stuff that I didn't want to deal with relationships. I didn't want to coach around, um, like fitness or health. So I kind of figured out what I didn't want to do. I was a general life coach. I was like an adventure and travel coach, which I know it sounds fun. Right. But like I was helping people live like more adventurous lives and travel. But if you're traveling, you're not going to be paying a coach. You're going to be saving your money to travel. So it didn't really make sense. It sounds good, but yeah. So I was just kind of like doing this. I had gotten hired a couple of times like and exchanged money. So things were working. And then to be honest, I had a dream that I was a marketing coach and I sat up in bed and I was like, that's it. That's it. That's what I want to do. And so that's just, so I was a couple months in and then things, that's when things really started to pick up. So how did you start getting your first clients and growing and scaling from there? Yeah. So social media. Nice. Do you have a specific platform that you love or? Yeah. So, um, my platform has always been Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook group, so that's always been very helpful to, um, build, you know, that community. Um, and it's just, it's been showing up in other people's Facebook groups. Um, that's really how I got started before I had my own Facebook group was I borrowed other people's audiences. Um, of course, you know, followed group rules. Well, sometimes I didn't and I got kicked out, but (laughs) for the most part, um, you know, and just like really like going in and offering tips and offering support. Um, I did business, like I very much did the bro marketing stuff back then. Like that's what I had learned. So that's what I taught. Right. And, um, so I was helping people with like 
systems and structures and helping them with platforms and MailChimp and, and doing all of that sort of stuff. So my business has really changed in six years, thankfully. Um, but that's really what I did was build my business through predominantly Facebook. I love that because that's exactly how I did it as well. Um, Facebook, Facebook groups, and just getting out there and speaking to people, right? Mm -hmm. It's just so easy to do, but people just miss that step somehow. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I feel like, I mean, it's probably the, the bro marketing stuff too on that. It's like really about conversions and like, it's, it's removed the humanity from the equation. Like it's a number, it's a person to close. It's a potential client. It's not a community member that you're building a relationship with. And eventually they're going to buy from you if it feels aligned. Yeah. Two totally different ways of doing business. Yeah, absolutely. Rather than the stats and the statistics and how many people you speak to, it's all around the relationships and connection. I absolutely love it. So what is there been one thing that made you shift from the bro marketing to sort of the relationship building side of things? Yeah, that was always really important to me. And there were some moments, right, where that like hustle mindset kind of took over. Um, so when, when you introduced me, you listed off all of the things that I was doing. So I have been a coach trainer. I'm a certified mentor coach. And so for all of 2019, I was working with a coach training company and I paused my coaching business to go all in as the sales and marketing, um, manager for the company. And that was a huge turning point for me because now, you know, I started off like, oh, I want to speak my mind. I don't want to have to work for anybody. I don't want to have to, you know, do things for people to very much working for a company and being told what to do. Um, And it was very like, I don't, I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, you know, very masculine based, like very, like very bro marketing. And so I really learned in that year and through being completely burnt out by the time I left, um, that this is not a sustainable way to run a business. And so I didn't renew my contract. And then I relaunched my coaching business and had been working with my current coach. And her focus is really on pleasure-based businesses. And so when I started my business again, I was like, I can't go back to that way of doing things. Let's just see what happens (laughs) if I, like, we've tried this other way. So like, let's just see what happens if I try putting and really working, like scheduling my work around my self-care, around my play, around taking care of myself. Let's see what happens when I do that. And 2020. Wait, what year are we in? So 2020 (laughs) was the easiest year in business that I've ever had. It was the most profitable. Um, You know, I hit six figures in like a 14 month period, but like from when I quit the company Um, and it, it, I was like, this is unbelievable. It felt, business felt so hard before and 
now when I'm having, you know, consistent high cash months, it's just like, I can't believe that this one, like this, not one simple, but these, these small tweaks and shift just completely transformed my business. I, did you start from scratch when you quit that job again? Did you start your business from scratch again or did you have some clients going? No. So I didn't have any clients. I had my Facebook group and I, I thought when I joined that team, you know, I should hire somebody to at least like keep my presence going. So thankful for um, the foresight to do that. And so I hired someone to run my Facebook group um, to manage my social media. So to manage my Instagram. So when I picked back up and I immediately launched a business building program that had excellent, um, an excellent turnout, I think like 19 people signed up for it. Um, yeah. And that was it. Like that just really got the ball rolling. I started getting hired one-on-one and then everything just started to take off. Awesome. Was a business building program, was that a group group program that you started launching? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so it it was perfect timing. I mean, I know the pandemic's been awful and it's been, Mm -hmm. you know, so many people have been affected by it. When I left the company and started my business, Italy hadn't quite locked down yet. I think we were just like on the verge, but America didn't know. And that's where like predominantly like in North America is where my client base is. They didn't know what was coming, but I was like, this is not going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) So my marketing was really like, look, shit's about to get wild. And the, here's a business course. I price it. I offer a nine month extended payment plan. So it dropped the payments down, I think to like 150 a month, which, and we can talk about this too, like, which allowed more people to enroll. And then it gave me nine months of security. Yeah. And I think like maybe two people defaulted or didn't complete. So like, that's always a risk that you take when you offer those extended payment plans, but it felt really good to offer And I was like, okay, my nervous system can calm down. I have nine months of pretty guaranteed income. And it just let me breathe to figure out what was next while America just started to collapse. Yeah. (laughs) We'll be honest. (laughs) Yeah. And so it helped people like, and the marketing was like, hey, things are about to get crazy here. And if you've been thinking about starting your business, like there is no time, but the present then to do this. And it was like starting them from point A and taking them through. So like how to start your LLC, how to, you know, do the money piece. And I walked them through that whole piece. So then people now, and I'm watching them a year later and they have their online businesses because they were able to join that course. And how long was the course content for? I think it was like four months. Nice. Did yeah. you did you plan to do a nine month extended payment plan, or was that out of need for those people it that was, were joining? Yeah. So um, I know, like, this program's amazing. Like, I know the value of it. And when people weren't signing up, um, I just I took a poll. This is why having your own group is really. Yeah. Really smart. Um, because part of my marketing was like, Hey, if you're on the fence for this program, what's keeping you from signing up? Yeah. And it was price. And so 
as soon as I offered the nine month payment plan, the next day, five people signed up. I was Um, like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is okay. Noted. Yeah. 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 So that was, um, that was great information. So I'm relaunching. I'm like, I've gutted that program and, uh, like have reimagined it. So it's going to be different, but the same. Um, and so I'll also have a nine month payment plan for that too, because, you know, brand new business owners aren't used to investing like I am, um, where I'm like, ah, here's my credit. (laughs) I know I'm going to make this money back, but when you're brand new to this, you're still not used to investing at that level. So that way they can get information, they can get the accountability and support, and then they can slowly build up to making, you know, bigger investments. Did you, uh, is that a pre-recorded course or was it live coaching that you did? It's live. Yeah, it's live. Well, I mean, I do a mixture, so it was delivered, where, um, so all of my courses that I do, they get like a workbook and then they'll get a pre-recorded video or training. And then the coaching call, the, the expectation is that they reviewed the material and they're coming with questions. Yeah. Um, and then there were special guests. So it was jam packed with information. Awesome. Did, were there yeah. any, was there any fear around those extended payment plans? Cause I know I've spoken to clients before and they've been so on the fence about for them offering payment plans to their clients. Mm-hmm. So did you come up against anything around in, in your own fear based around adding those extended payment plans and people potentially not paying for them? I mean, like, so for me, like that used to be, and like, I really consider that like definitely like the, the more bro culture mindset where it's like entering a relationship and expecting you to break up, (laughs) right. Versus trusting your clients, trusting that everybody has integrity, trusting that you'll figure it out. You know, there were people who, um, who did either, you know, a couple people left or they couldn't pay. And so then we, I offered them an even extended, more extended, right? Like this is going on behind the scenes. It's not front facing. So then everyone's like, Oh, I want that extended payment plan, (laughs) you know, but I'm watching the women who were struggling and their, their business, like they have group programs now, like they're coaching now they're I'm seeing them in other programs. And so it just, they needed that help. I was happy to do that. It's a, I mean, the, I think the program total was maybe like $1,300. Yeah. So it's not like one-on-one where they're getting that individualized support and like, they're not paying me. Um, it feels a lot different when it's like one-on-one versus here's a group program. And it's no, you know, it's no sweat off my back if they default, like it's not, yeah, not going to go after them. Um, which isn't what I was taught originally in business. It was like, take people to collections, make them pay, you know, do all of these things. And now, now it's more like, no, typically the people who buy from me have been in my group. They've been in my community. We have some sort of relationship and I just trust that they're not going to do that to me. I, I love that. Has that been one of the things that's helped you scale or whether, do you have a lot of people pay you in full? How does that work? I rarely have people pay me in full. 
which is totally okay because I actually don't like getting paid in full. <laughs> I know that there's people like manifestation people are like, what? No, large amounts of money. Like who doesn't love that? I personally don't love it because, um, I mean, I'm going to spend it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah. just be honest. Right. And so, um, I use the profit first method in my business. So any money that I receive, I pay myself half of that every, yeah. right. I would rather have consistent monthly income than big boosts of cash and then scrambling, you know, really like have it be really thin a couple months and like big boosts. That's just not that doesn't calm my nervous system. Like it doesn't feel good. I'd rather see. So like, as I was building and scaling, I know that like 5k months and 10k months, like those are the vanity metrics of your successful air quotes. Yeah. Um, my goal has always been consistency. So if it's going to be consistent 3k months, bring it. I would rather have that than like a 10k and a 1k and a 3k and a, you know, eight. Okay. Yeah. That's so stressful. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then you can plan everything in advance. Can't you? Absolutely. So what's yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've offered, I, I don't usually do this anymore. I don't offer one-on-one clients extended payment plans. And the reason for this, and like with my mastermind, I don't as well. Um, because those are programs where they're going, where the, hope is that they're going to renew. Yeah. Right. And so then we're stacking payments on payments and yeah, now we're, we're at a yeah. mess. Right. <laughs> so one thing that I've done is like, if they have renewed, then I've had them buy out their old contract at like, I don't know, 50% of what they owed me. And then we start fresh. Yeah. Um, but you know, and all of this too, is like, what feels good? Like, Maybe it feels good with one client and then you like, you do it again. You're like, this actually doesn't feel good. Like that's what I had done. I, I had had several clients with extended payment plans for one-on-one. And then I was like, you know what? This actually doesn't feel good anymore. So do you have long contracts or any legal stuff or anything like that when you're doing these extended payments? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So everything's in, um, everything's in writing everything says like, this is this is what's happening. This is what it looks like. This is what it looks like if you leave the contract early, that sort of thing. So when you're scaling your business, Mm -hmm. you started out with that group program and then you said you added one-on-ones and you mentioned masterminds. What does that look like as a stacking process as you've built your business? Yeah. So this is really where things start to grow, right? So like as soon as you start having payment plans, for different programs, that's where you start to see that consistent boost of income. So I, it's so funny too, like when I left the company, I actually lowered my one-on-one rates than what I was charging when I was with the company just to get those quick wins. And this is sometimes what I do with my clients too. Like, okay, if you're not getting hired, are you fully behind your pricing? I was not fully behind my pricing. And so in order to get like some, a real boosting confidence, uh, you know, I lowered my prices a bit. I got hired one-on-one, my prices immediately went back up to where they were. And then they, I increased them again. Um, 
but yeah, so I had the, the business course. So even if I hadn't have launched anything, I still had those extra five months of payment plans after the program was over. Yeah. Nice. To just make, like, have me chill out. So usually when my clients come to me, they, my recommendation is like, unless they have like time issues is to just focus on your one-on-one. If they're like busy and, and parent, you know, a parent and have a job and they don't have time for one-on-one, then maybe a group program might actually be better. Or if they hate working one-on-one and they prefer groups, but usually I have them start with one-on-one. Let's really get your program dialed in. Sometimes it needs to be beefed up. One of the things that I noticed in the industry is that there's not enough emphasis on creating like a really robust solid program. It's more like throw it together, (laughs) slap a price tag on it, and then go find clients. But then if you don't know what you're offering, you can't talk about it confidently. People aren't quite sure what they're getting. You don't know how you're going to help them get the results. Yeah. It's a mess. And I feel like that's one thing that's really missing um, in coach training programs in this industry. So that's the first thing that I do with all of my clients, no matter what container we're in one-on-one mastermind, my other group program is let's look at your program and examine it, take it apart, start over whatever we need to do, and then price it where it feels good and stretchy and like it's an equal exchange of energy. And then we slowly start to add on other things there, like in the business. That's a good point. Do you uh, think there are certain things that you need to have in any sort of offer or when you're working with your clients on a, on, on a program or, or an offer they're putting together, what does that uh, look like for them? Is there some sort of specific strategy that you think they should have or how should people put together that program? Mm. So what I see is that people usually try to figure out the details, like the features of the program and the pricing before they've figured out what the program actually is. And that's a huge problem um, because the focus isn't on the value at that point. The focus is on like, how many times, how many times a month do I have to show up and how much money are they going to give me? It's not, what are they going to get? What are they going to walk away with? How am I going to help them get to where they want to be? Where are they now? Where do they want to be? How are they going to feel along the way? Like these are all things that go into your marketing, help you price it maybe higher than what you were originally going to price it as. Because if you can see, like I have a workbook and a Google doc for all of my clients to, and it's like a 12 page workbook. Like I'm not messing around. We are digging into this. <laughs> um, and it, it, it sounds like a lot to people who haven't gone through this process because they're not used to putting proper programs together. Um, but when you know what the benefits of your program are, and then I take it a step further, and then what are the benefits of the benefits? So if you're going to get clarity around your messaging, that's one of the benefits. What's the benefit of that? 
Well, you know how you know how to talk about your program. What's the benefit of that? Well, then people can start to see the value and get a feel for what you're selling. What's the benefit of that? Well, it makes sales much easier because, right? So you just start to break things down and you go, you keep going like to get to like the root because that surface level stuff isn't what people are buying. They're buying the benefit of the benefit of the benefit. Uh, I love that because that that's what I was telling people as well. Like you, people don't buy five calls in a, and a right. chocolate bar. They want to know the, benef- <laughs> the benefits of all of that stuff and why they want to work with you. And then what the results are that they can yeah. get at the end of that. Like that's what they're interested in. They don't care about how you're going to get in there. They just want the outcome. Absolutely. Hands down. Absolutely. And especially if it's a higher investment program, you really need to show what they can expect. Um, You really need to show the value of what they're investing in. Yeah. Especially if they're not used to investing at a higher level. Yeah. So what do you think is one thing we've gone into the offer, but what is one thing that people can start to look at now in their business as they're scaling um, Mm -hmm. to really push themselves and their client stuff forward? Yeah. I think the misconception is that people think that they need to have all of these things in order to scale. And it's actually more about simplifying and doing the things that you're doing really well, know them inside and out, be able to convey the value. Like it's, it's really about slowing down so that you have a solid grasp of all of the things that you're offering. Yeah. And then adding something else. But like the whole bro marketing is like, I have to have a digital course and I have to have an evergreen product and I have to have this thing. And then they're doing like spreadsheets on, okay, if I sell this much, then I can do that. Like, it is not about that. That's (laughs) not the business that I want to run. It's not the business that I teach people how to run. It's let's get you like grounded in what you're offering. Because I also see people trying to hit those vanity metrics too fast and they're not confident on what they're selling. They're not confident in their pricing. They've, they've listened to somebody else around too many things. Like they're not tapped into themselves and it's like not on stable ground. And if you build a business that's not on stable ground, it's going to collapse. Yes. That I, I call it Dory-itis, you know, from uh, Finding Nemo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just all of the shiny things like, oh, yes. somebody else is doing this. I must go over here and do that. Or I somebody else is doing this. I must go over here and do that. And then you just end up zigzagging around all over the place. And you're like, I haven't actually done anything now. Right. I've been looking at right. all of the things. And another thing too is what I really see people doing is they pivot too fast. They don't give their community, their audience enough time to learn about their program or what they're selling. They don't give themselves enough time to talk about it, to hit all of the different points in their marketing. Um, You know, people aren't buying right away. So they start to freak out. Like they, they don't know how to um, yeah, they don't know how to just like calm themselves and like freak out behind the scenes, but then turn it around into like, okay, cool. 
No one's buying, not a big deal. What do I need to talk about today? Right? Like, so they're, they're like, they start to panic and then all of a sudden they have a new offer or a new niche or a new, like, it's because they haven't done this work and they don't have somebody like walking them through all of this. They don't have that support, uh, to put the blinders on, keep them accountable. Cool. What's like one small tweak that we can make, not blow everything up and start over what, what's like one small. And sometimes when my clients come to me and they say, Oh, nobody's buying, you know, I've been showing up and I go just look at their Facebook page. And I ask them, okay, so you said that you've been talking about this all week. Where? Because you've literally not talked about it at all on your main page. So is there some place that you're hiding out that I don't know about? Like, this is actually the problem. Yeah. It's not that nobody wants it. It's that you're not talking about it. So nobody knows about it. Let's start there. (laughs) Before we change things, like don't pivot, just. Yeah. (laughs) It's. I see that all the time where I'm like, why, why haven't you mentioned what you sell? Like, and they're like, yeah. I, I did. I'm like, it, yeah, it was buried under five other paragraphs of stuff. And it was one line right. at the bottom of the post. Right. Right. No. And, and it's because they haven't done the work. Maybe they don't believe in the program or they don't know how to talk about it, or they feel like they're annoying people. This is all the stuff that you have to work on with a coach to understand that you have a business to run. And so you have to show up on a daily basis like you have a business to run. And are you using Facebook or social media as a toy or as a tool? Are you just like messing around or are you here to make money? I love that. Facebook (laughs) as a toy or a tool. That is gold. (laughs) I love that. Okay. What is the one way people can work with you at the moment? The moment. So, uh, I mean, I'm always talking to people about one-on-one. I have a waiting list for my one-on-one. Um, the mastermind that I have, the wild woman mastermind starts in May. And then July is another, uh, program coming up. Um, a new business course. Yeah. So, so many things. And what are the outcomes of those programs? What, what happens in the mastermind? Yeah. So, I mean, everything is like basically the same. So it's really helping. It's just a different level, right? So like one-on-one it's more intense mastermind. There's 10 people in each pod, the business course it's unlimited. So, right. So it's like less access to me one-on-one. Um, but in all of the programs, it's really helping people look at their business model. What do we need to get rid of? How can we simplify things? What's your messaging look like? Um, how can you show up more confidently? What's the mindset tweaks that we need to be making so that you can move into the next levels of working with Uh, because each container obviously is a higher investment and is going to take a different level. Like each level of business takes more investments and it takes a totally new mindset to help you get and grow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So all of the containers I have are around feeling more confident, undoing the conditioning from the, the corporate mindset, like the bro culture stuff. Um, and really leaning into 
pleasure and play and having fun and really taking care of yourself while you're building your business. I absolutely love that because having fun is so important. It's always my word of the year. Every year I'm like, the, when you, when we, when people sit down and go, what's your word of the year? I'm like, same as last year. Fun. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I, I want to have more fun in my life. And that's that. <laughs> and Excellent. Oh. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> okay. So I have three, three quick fire questions for you. Okay. Uh, okay. So are you ready? Yes, I think so. What do you, up. Yay. <laughs> what do you do for fun? I, well, now that the weather's nice again, so I go on bike rides around Tuscany, like my area, um, and we live right on the beach. So we have like a, it's called the Passeggiata. So it's basically like all along the coast. Nice. Um, yeah. And the wakeboard park just opened. So we'll be going to the lake to go wakeboarding. I love, I tried wakeboarding <laughs> in Thailand and I fell in love with it, but it's too freaking cold in England. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What does freedom look like to you? <sighs> Sleeping in, not having an alarm to wake up to, money in the bank account. So I'm not stressed out, bills paid. I can travel when I want to. Woo. I get to say whatever I want. <laughs> yes. And what is one huge personal goal that you want to take off? Well, now like my Italy was like the number one bucket list thing. And so once I hit that, I was like, oh, geez, now what, now what I have to live for. <laughs> um, but I have a book, I have a book, or multiple books in me to write. So that's the next thing is to write a, write a book. Yes. I'm excited for that. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> I can't wait for you to read your book. So make sure you get Thank onto you. it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's in the works. I've started, but I've just haven't, haven't put the pedal to the metal yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. All your links will be down below in the show notes. Uh, and I know you have your 60 days of prompts as well. So I'm going to pop that down as well. So people can grab that for free from you. Awesome. And thank you so much again for coming on. It's been so fun having to talk to you. Absolutely. I've had a great time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I really hope that you genuinely learned something from today's episode if you found this episode useful then please hit the subscribe button and leave us a review i personally read each and every one until next time bye